0: Hey there, it's Scary Parish. It's late on Tuesday, March 19, 2019. Welcome back to the Ion College Basketball Podcast where we sometimes discuss camel fighting and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me, and it happened tonight at precisely 11.20 p.m. Eastern on 3-19.19. Rick Bird became a winner in the NCAA tournament. Final score, Belmont 81, Temple 70. So Rick Bird, the GOAT, is now 1-7 all-time in the NCAA tournament, the Bruins. We'll get Maryland in the round of 64. That's Thursday, 3:10 Eastern on True TV. Norlander, you may now verbally celebrate Dylan Windler, whom you and I are indirectly but largely responsible for enrolling at Belmont and creating this moment.
1: Hey, one and seven! Shouts to the vest. I did. Uh, I did have contact with Rick Bird. Uh, digital, of course you. Did.
0: Of course you did.
1: Of course I did. A digital contact. Probably physical contact. No physical contact. We were separated by many states um, before the game. And he did, uh, he did say, you know, first of all, you know, let me just enjoy my glory here. Uh, got a shout-out at the press conference. <laughs> no big deal. I mean, <laughs> Rick Bird shouted me out at a press conference. Like, whatever. It's, 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 it's cool. Like, I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm going to play cool. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You know, whatever. Whatever. Right. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so uh, Rick Bird did tell me that he was a little nervous in the lead-up to this game because of – of all the support, like that Belmont became the mid-major team to rally around, and he had not won an NCAA tournament game. And so, a uh, little nervous about just coming out and uh, maybe not even just winning, but just like being competitive. Like, the worst thing is you go, you play Temple, you lose by 19, and it's like, what are you guys even doing here? But uh, that didn't happen. Played well. They had Nick Musinski back. He was not available for the Murray State title game tilt. Um, and probably good for Murray State that he wasn't because. If he had been at full strength and he was not tonight and he was not then, uh, I think you can make an easy case that Belmont beats Murray State again in the title game, and then we don't get John Morant in the dance. So it looks like everything worked out just fine for both those programs and obviously the OVC, which has two teams in the NCAA tournament for just the second time ever. Shout-out to Middle Tennessee of 1987. But a good win for Belmont. Um, We'll get to them in just a little bit when we talk the games. Uh, Just happy for them. But then Fran Dunphy, his final game at Temple – Just uh, a shout to him. He really is uh, one of the nicest men. Uh, Some would say the nicest man in college coaching, uh, if you talk to some of his assistants, they would say that as well, but they would also say that uh, he can get plenty fiery and like a in like a really like, not like funny way you don't take him serious, but like he's got a real fire and passion to him that's helped him become, frankly, a Philadelphia coaching legend. And I tweeted this out as the game was ending. I For the past four years, I had been waiting for an opportunity to write the story and it just simply never presented itself. Um before I knew Temple was going to get into the tournament, part of me was hoping they would get sent to Hartford. So if they were, I'd have a chance to write the quick story. And then that didn't happen. But Fran Dunphy uh, was an assistant at Army in the early '70s, and then the staff he was on got fired, replaced by Mike Shashevsky and of all people. And when that happened, Dunphy was done with coaching. He quit. He became a bartender out of out of desire. Like he didn't like just like I don't have a job. What am I going to do? Like he wanted to be a bartender. And then two years later. Duffy told me all this in, in like, Vegas, like, three, four years ago, and, uh, and laid it out, and I thought, yeah, i got to write this at some point, and never did. But anyway, he had to be convinced to get back into coaching at the high school level. Did that for a couple of years, before long, on staff at LaSalle. And uh, he had a quick stint in American, but otherwise, from uh, from other stops as an assistant in Philly to becoming the head coach at Penn, turning that into an Ivy League power, multiple NCAA tournament appearances, and then taking over for John Chaney, which was no small or easy thing at Temple, getting them to seven NCAA tournaments, Dumpf is absolutely a philadelphia coaching legend uh it ends on a sour note but did get into the tournament and the fact that uh his life could have really gone one way he could have said you know what no coaching is just not for me i did it for four years instead he does do it changes the lives of literally hundreds of people in the process Uh, a shout out to him and a shout out to the owls fifth all time in 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 wins in men's division one history which we recently discovered on the podcast so uh the owls run comes to an end but Dumpf was deserving of a moment here on the podcast don't know if he's done coaching i feel like he might be but hey Maybe not. Regardless, his time in Temple is done, and uh, he really is one of the best to deal with.
0: I'm a big fan of Fran Dunphy. Um, I've gotten to know him, obviously, over the years, and um, I I couldn't have a higher opinion of him. You know, he's, he's 70 years old, and when he got into coaching, you know, as an Army assistant and then as a high school coach and then he was a LaSalle assistant, he did so for the purest of reasons. You know, these days, there's a lot of reasons guys get into college coaching. Uh, some of it is, is because of the money that, that you know, you, you can become a multimillionaire doing this. And it's not just at a few schools now. So I got a whole bunch of schools. You can get super wealthy um, coaching basketball. Uh, sometimes it's for the fame. You can be famous as a college basketball coach now. Um, when friend broke into this, those things weren't really on the table. He didn't get into this profession to, to get rich, although he did with an annual salary of more than $1.5 million per year. And he didn't get into this to become famous, although on some level he did, because here we are talking about him after he just coached um, a game in the NCAA tournament on national television. He got into it because he was a basketball coach, because he wanted to coach basketball. And I don't want to say those guys are a dying breed, but there's fewer of them today. Um, that are breaking into the sport. These days, the way you break into the sport is if you've got connections to players. If you are a grassroots guy or a high school guy with connections or you're just a player getter. Um, guys who are just basketball coaches, there's there's fewer and fewer of them getting into college basketball, and I don't know that that's a great thing for college basketball, but, um, but Fran was an example of that. He got into this for no other reason than... Um, you know, he, he liked building teams, developing players, and, and coaching the sport. And uh, and the sport really is a, a little less without him.
1: It is. And he will be replaced by Aaron McKee. That move was announced last year. So he takes over there, and we'll see what Temple can become in the years to come. But, uh, but definitely shouts to him. And I think you – it would not surprise me, by the way, if in the next three to four days or whatever uh, – I don't know if this stuff will be – you know be caught on you know the the news highlight shows and whatever but for reporters who are at the post-game press conferences I would be surprised if we did not hear multiple coaches at least mention Fran Dunphy in passing uh just as you know whether after a win or a loss and just you know share a story or give a shout to him because he is uh, extremely respected there are a number of coaches who are obviously extremely respected but this game in particular was a matchup of two of the most likable coaches and obviously elder statesmen. Uh, Rick Bird did remind him that Fran is is older than he is in a joking manner, and he is correct in that. But uh, but absolutely,
0: did Rick uh, thank you um, for the Ion College Basketball uh, Podcast bringing him his best player?
1: He did not. He did not. We didn't. We haven't gotten to that part. Let's just see if. Uh, Let's see if Dylan Windler can do some damage against the Maryland Terrapins first. And if that is, winds up being the case, I think we might need to. Uh, listen, we don't do coaching interviews on this podcast because, frankly, we understand that unless you're a fan of a certain school and that coach, uh, other uh, most people aren't going to be interested. But, you know what, I might not give a damn if it's Rick Bird. If Rick <laughs> Bird gets to the Sweet 16, well, you know what, maybe we do a podcast eventually one day. It's you, it's me, it's Rick Bird, and it's Devin Downey. I, I think that's podcast magic right there. <laughs>
0: We could, if we could make that work, if we could make that work. Um, I'd be, I'd be down to do that for sure. All right. So what we're going to do uh, on this episode, I think, is pick every NCAA tournament game that's going to be played on Thursday and Friday that is already set. Obviously, Duke is still waiting on an opponent. Buffalo is still waiting an opponent. But we're going to go through all the other round of sixty four games, and we're going to do that momentarily, starting with Minnesota-Louisville. Uh, but first Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level level. Learn more and purchase the two-way at newbalance.com. So before we dive back in and start picking the games, uh, just special shouts to those of you who have subscribed to the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast via Apple Podcasts. That is the best way to get the latest episodes sent straight to your phone ASAP. And it's also the best way to keep widening our audience, which has really grown over the past year and a lot recently. Basically, every episode becomes the number one college sports episode um, very, very quickly on iTunes. That's always cool to see. So if you subscribe, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you haven't subscribed yet, please go do that when you have a few seconds. It really only takes a few seconds, and we'd obviously appreciate a nice rating, five stars, and positive comments. Call us smart, funny. Entertaining, enlightening, call us Al, call us handsome. Five stars and a couple of nice sentences. Something like the following review uh, that Nick wrote for us. Here's what Nick wrote just yesterday. Have you been looking for a quality college basketball? podcast your search stops here hands down not only is this podcast high in quality but also entertainment value there's nothing like catching up on the latest headlines and the origin of camel fighting at the same time thank you for making the commute to and from work enjoyable and educating this is the first season that i have followed the college basketball landscape so closely and i have this podcast to thank i am more confident than ever filling out my bracket Shouts to Wofford. So that's from Nick on iTunes. That's pretty good. Like that's exactly what we're looking for, right, Norlander?
1: I love it. Thank you, Nick, and thank you to everyone that's uh, taking the time to respond. And just a quick note on podcasting in general. Uh, we're on now on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. Like we're on. I don't know how many different services uh, have podcasting and all that stuff. Uh, I just use Apple Podcasts, and that's where you can rate and review. And we appreciate that. But if those other services have ratings and reviews, do it, please, on there. I, 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 we are not opposed to that whatsoever. But uh, we went. We got on. Spotify Spotify. Spotify about a month ago. I know I tweeted that out. I don't know if we've said it on the podcast. So if you're the kind of person that listens to literally every other podcast on Spotify and have uh, been loyal to us on a different service and you would prefer us on Spotify. Well, here's your heads up. We are, in fact, available there as well.
0: So what we're going to do now is pick each of the round of 64 games that are always already set, uh, both straight up. And against the spread, and so we will um we'll turn it into a competition. Would you like to have a friendly competition with me? Let's
1: let's it can be friendly. Do you have anything in mind outside of? Yeah, I want to have
0: an I want to have a not friendly
1: competition with you. Okay, let's not like bet at dinner because that's lame. So what do you want to do here?
0: Bet our lives.
1: Okay, well that's uh, that's too extreme for a first round matchup. So I can't I can't go that far. I got a six month loser.
0: Loser has to die. Okay.
1: Oh God! It just got so dark in a hurry. How about if I win, I open the podcast and I talk like you when I do it.
0: If you win, you get to live. Okay. But if you lose, you die.
1: Hey, everybody!
0: It's Matt Norlander. Welcome <laughs> to the Axe <laughs> Or I could, I could. How about if I win, I get to act like you doing a a a, a live read for a sponsor. <laughs>
1: Do not blow out people's ears right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got to work on that, man. It takes you it take some practice.
1: I definitely need the reps. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. We'll figure out. I mean, we should figure out something here. I don't even know what, because I feel like we had uh, we had a payoff. Oh, yeah, it was it was the CBS Sports Classic. And I think you were supposed to buy me dinner. I was I don't remember. I've completely lost track. We should just get to the games here.
0: Okay, so what we're going to do is take the games in the order in which they will tip off. And that means we're going to start with Minnesota, uh, the 10 seed in the East, against Louisville, the 7 seed in the East. Louisville is minus 5.5. 5. Norlander, your pick, straight up and against the spread.
1: I am going to take Louisville to win, and I will take Minnesota to cover. Minnesota is a miserable offensive shooting team, but I actually think they're going to drag this same game down. Not a lot of possessions. So, five and a half is just a little bit too big of a number for me. I will take the Gophers to cover Louisville to win. Quick side note we now know for sure what was expected. Rick Bettino will not, in fact, attend this game. That's the right move. It would just completely overshadow everything. You'd have 74 camera cuts to Rick during the game. And by the way, he's suing Louisville literally for millions of dollars. Just wouldn't be the right move, so he will be out of the building.
0: Disappointing, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I don't disagree I, with that. I wanted Rick I wanted Rick to show up in a Minnesota sweater sitting behind the bench. It would be amazing. All right, who do you with got? The, with his Kentucky National Championship ring on. <laughs> I've taken Minnesota, both straight up and obviously plus 5.5, and I don't know that that... Um, what you're going to find out in this podcast, if you didn't already know uh, is that I don't spend a whole lot of time like actually trying to pretend I know how the games are going to go because people don't um that's why picking these things is very very difficult I just sort of pick what I think would be the most fun and I do think a Patino beating Louisville would be the most fun not at the expense of Chris Mack I don't mean it like that you know how much I love Chris Mack but the best story we could get to open the Thursday of this NCAA tournament is Richard Patino beating the school eliminating the school that fired rick patino so i'll take minnesota straight up and minnesota plus the five and a half um next game it's going to tip at 12 40 p.m eastern it's on true tv it is lsu as a three seed in the east regional playing yale as a 14 seed norlander what do you got there
1: I have LSU both here. I feel like Yale is the only 14 seed that's really been given uh, a real chance here, uh, has gotten any sort of buzz as, a, as an upset pick. But I'll take LSU. Yale can score. I don't th- I do th- I don't know what the over-under on this game is, but if it looks like it might even be uh, a little too high, go take the over, because both teams can really run and really score. I think that's going to think it's gonna be an entertaining game, but I think LSU is going to pull away late, so I will ride with the Bayou Bengals without their coach, Will Wade.
0: I think LSU wins the game, although uh, some people on our CBS Sports Network set had Yale pulling the upset. I think LSU wins the game. They're just too talented. with Tremont Waters and Nas Reed and Javante Smart. But I, I'll take Yale plus the 7.5. Um, so LSU to win the game, Yale plus 7.5, and, and I don't um, eliminate the possibility of Yale actually winning the game. And either way, I don't have LSU making it out of the round of 32. If it gets to the round of 32, I think LSU um, is going to be a, um, will not be around the outright sec champ will not be around for the second weekend. I think even if they get past Yale, they're going to lose to either Maryland or Belmont, either e- whichever team they play. Um, I just think the loss of will Wade is a, it's a real issue. It's a real thing. They're not the same team without him. And um you know, it, it, we were, keep in mind, without him right now, they are 1-1 one one with the lone win over Vanderbilt and a loss to a 15-loss Florida team. And like, maybe that's what they would be with Will Wade as well, but I, I'm, I, I think that matters. I think not having Will Wade matters. I'm going to take Yale plus the 7.5 and, and LSU not to get to the second weekend, even if LSU does win that first game. 1.30 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. It's on TNT, Auburn. Is the five seed in the Midwest, playing New Mexico State as the 12 seed, and Auburn is minus five and a half. This New Mexico State team, coached by Chris Jans, is 30 and four on the season.
1: I've got a piece up at cbssports.com right now. If you have the CBS Sports app, app on your phone, you can bring it up there. You can read all of our stuff there. And it is a thing I do every single year. It's just stats, nuggets, trends to keep an eye on as we head into the NCAA tournament. If you're the kind of person that loves listening to this podcast and wants to stuff your brain with a bunch of numbers and think it might have an impact on your bracket, please go read it. I think you'll enjoy it. What I have in there amongst like I don't know, 80 things, is the fact that New Mexico State, you know, it is a tournament staple practically. It's not in the tournament every year, although it feels like it. And yet, NMSU GP, 12 straight times it's been in the tournament, it's lost. It has the longest ongoing losing streak. I think it ends. I am taking New Mexico State straight up. Okay, okay. Okay, okay, then. I'm going to take them straight up. And um, before I lob it right back onto you here, I don't know how much this will or won't truly impact things, but Auburn just got done Sunday. Uh, we talked to Bruce Pearl on CBS Sports HQ, and he was amped, but his his throat, his voice was gone. This is a 10.30, 11.30 local tip. Auburn's got to play early in that first window there. New Mexico State has a uh, more, more of a day's rest and, uh, and doesn't have to travel as far. Who knows if it makes a difference. Great rebounding team, by the way, New Mexico State. If Auburn doesn't make his threes, that's why I think it's got a real shot. I will take the Aggies.
0: I'm going to go Auburn, uh, both to win the game. Uh, no, I'm going to have Auburn winning the game, but I do have New Mexico State plus the five and a half. Um, Christian's is really good, man. Really good. I mean, obviously, what he did at, at Bowling Green was, you know, he, he. I want to get the record exactly right, um, but he was he was great there. Um, he was at Bowling Green goes there in year one and goes twenty-one and twelve, like really does a nice job and then gets fired. You can Google it if you want to. Uh, goes back to Wichita State where he previously was an assistant coach um, and then gets the New Mexico State job, 28-6, and WAC regular season title last season, wins the conference tournament, goes to the NCAA tournament, and now here he is again, 30-4, and 15-1 in the league, another first-place finish in the WAC um, regular season season. Um, goes to the WAC tournament, wins it in the NCAA tournament for the second straight year. So two years at New Mexico State, two NCAA tournament appearances. I give them a chance to, to win this game, um, but I'm going to take Auburn to win it, New Mexico State, plus a five and a half. The next game that's going to tip on Thursday, 2 o'clock Eastern, it's on TBS. Florida State, um, which is the four seed in the West against Vermont, which is the 13th seed in in the West. This game's going to be played in Hartford. Florida State is minus nine. Who do you take to win the game? Who do you take to cover the number?
1: Right, I'm going to make that pick in just a minute. Just two quickies. One, this first window is awesome. And the second window on Thursday is awesome. Of uh, So you'll have eight total windows the first two days. Thursday after lunch, before dinner, after dinner, and late night, right? The two best Are the two first ones on Thursday, so I hope that everyone listening has a way to watch all these games. You know, at work, play hooky if you want, get out because this uh, almost all of these are really enticing matchups, including this one. Vermont, by the way, gets to play locally, so not only will it have a lot of fans driving down from Vermont to Hartford, I'll be there and I'll be in the building. uh, You'll have, I think, you'll have a like a lot of people that live in Connecticut. Like I, I know ten people that live in Connecticut that aren't fans of anyone that's going to be playing at this. They're going to buy just, they're going to root for the New England team. So Vermont's actually going to have a pretty decent fan support, not to mention they're also the underdog. And you know how it is in, the, in those buildings, GP, on those first, uh, first two, four days of the tournament. Once you get a, a double-digit C, particularly a 13 or lower, especially uh, that's in a game late, like the arena turns on the favorite as it should. That's what makes these uh, early-round tournaments a lot of fun. So keep an eye on that. Plus, by the way, Vermont is really, really good. I talked to John Becker, the Vermont coach, on Tuesday as well. He said the team is loose right now, and he said our game against UMBC was more pressure packed than what we're going to have against Florida State. Like, we understand, like, you know, tournament now, you lose, you're out, and all that, but it was the same for us hosting UMBC, and we had lost the past three games versus them, the rematch. He made a really good point, and he thinks it's going to help his guys stay loose for the Florida State game. Uh, I will have Florida State to win. It is going to be the most athletic and physically imposing team Vermont has faced this season, but I have Vermont to cover. Vermont's got a dude, man, Anthony Lamb. Uh, you know, I don't. And a player at his level, it's not as obvious as, like, a John ja Morant or even a Dylan Windler, but there are people that believe Anthony Lamb will will make an NBA roster one day. So I'm particularly interested to see how he does here. I would think Florida State's going to throw Terrence Mann on him. Fascinated to watch that up close. And uh, the last thing here is, and this is just a, a wonderment, I don't get why the Hartford site... Gets the two o'clock tip and Salt Lake City is before this. I don't. I don't understand why these things happen. But I would be in Hartford. I think like the Purdue Old Dominion game, which is the last one. GP like that might be the last game of the day, and it ends at like twelve thirty Eastern. So that's a, a bit befuddling. But I will take uh, Vermont to cover FSU to win.
0: Um, Florida State has been awesome. Really since about the middle of January, or I should be more specific, since January twentieth, that's when they were on a three game losing streak, lost to Duke at home, then at Pitt at Boston College. That's dreadful. But after that, they beat Clemson, one at Miami, beat Georgia Tech, one at Syracuse, beat Louisville, beat Wake Forest, one at Georgia Tech, one at Clemson, lost to Carolina lost at Carolina, beat Notre Dame, beat NC State, beat Virginia Tech, one at Wake Forest beat Virginia Tech on a neutral, beat Virginia on a neutral, lost to Duke on a neutral. In other words, Florida State, since January 20th, is 14-2 and two, with the lone losses being to Duke and North Carolina. One seats. And, and they get both one seats. And they get no buzz whatsoever because they're not a traditional blue blood or any kind of blue blood in a league that does have traditional blue bloods. They do not have um, – you know, an obvious lottery pick. They do not have an obvious All-American candidate or anybody who posts incredible um, you know, individual numbers that force people to pay attention. They're just a rock-solid basketball team, or at least they have been for, for, like, the past two months. And so I've got them winning this game, but I do have Vermont covering the, the plus nine. Um, I, I, I don't think Florida, like, if Florida State loses this game, it, it will be a loss unlike anything they've had in two months. They have they have handled teams like this consistently for two solid months. Now this is the NCAA tournament. Doesn't mean that they can't get caught, but I'll take Florida State to win the game, even if I'm going to take Vermont. Uh, plus the nine the next game to tip off on thursday 2:45 p.m eastern it's going to be on cbs it's america's most watched network network of stars america's most awarded network it is a uh, 15th seeded bradley in the east regional against second seeded michigan state in the east uh, michigan state is minus 18 and a half this is going to be in des moines at wells fargo arena norlander what do you got there
1: uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. i got Michigan State winning, obviously, and I have them covering. I think they will easily. Bradley has a miserable offense. They've done a great program turnaround, but I don't think that they're going to keep this close whatsoever, and I know Michigan State might not even be at uh, at full strength with Nick Ward still on his way to 100% and Kyle Arns and the situation we saw with him. So, yeah, I take Sparty, and I think this will be the only snoozer game of the eight in the first uh, two windows on Thursday afternoon.
0: This is going to be bad for the Bradley brand.
1: Yeah, it, it will it will not be ideal for the Bradley brand. You are correct.
0: The Bradley brand for people who didn't read that story, like Bradley banned one of its longtime beat writers because they didn't think he supported the Bradley brand. And as our friend Dan Walken pointed out on Twitter, like Bradley, you don't have a brand. What are you this this about? is now You're the Bradley brand. brand. <laughs> what are you talking about the Bradley brand? Uh, Bradley Cooper's got a brand. Yeah. Bradley Cooper's got a brand. You don't have a brand. Nope. Like if I say Bradley, literally nobody thinks of you. How about that? When I say your name, nobody even thinks of you. They think of Bradley Cooper. Like if I say Duke, people think of Duke because Duke's a brand. When I say Bradley, if I say Bradley Cooper's playing this weekend, they're like, oh, really? Is he going to do the songs from that movie?
1: It's the same way. It's the same way. Drake doesn't have a brand. When you say Drake,
0: <laughs> Drake and Bradley have no brands. But, but Drake knows.
1: But Drake knows that. So credit to Drake. I'm not going to bring Drake into it like this.
0: Yeah, Drake ain't out there trying to ban people because they won't support the brand. If I said, "Hey, hey, you going to see Drake this weekend?" Nobody on the planet would think I was talking about a basketball game. <laughs> They'd be like, "Yeah, I'm going to see Drake. Are you kidding me? Her Travis Scott might be there." uh all right if i said if i said hey are you going to see bradley this weekend you'd be like bradley cooper's playing is lady gaga gonna be there i would be like no bradley basketball dude you're disrespecting the bradley brand and it's so hilarious like they they want to ban somebody for not supporting the bradley brand and it ends up being a public relations nightmare that they have to apologize for like i'll never understand why pr people sids and yes basketball coaches, don't understand that trying to pull stunts like that, it just ain't going to work for you anymore. Social media will get you to flip that thing around inside of 48 hours. So what is the point of even trying it? You nailed it. Michigan State going to be bad for the Bradley brand on Thursday, 2.45 Eastern on CBS. And that's the other thing. Like, they don't even get to get their brains beat out on true TV. (laughs) It has to happen on CBS, America's Most Watched Network. Not ideal. Not ideal the network of stars
1: hey well, uh, we're getting to this next game here's another thing why are you making belmont play the second game on tuesday night it's got to turn around and play in the afternoon window on th- like you, they can't even get the after dinner tip i don't get that i'm confused gp you got any answers for me uh, of
0: course i have an answer for you it's disrespectful it's disrespectful to belmont it's Dil- disrespectful to rick bird it's disrespectful to dylan windler it's disrespectful to dylan windler's uncle's brother David who emails me sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's That's story. I, know. I uh, but
1: uh, like you're you're right it is it actually is but I just don't get like you, why he you couldn't have simply just said we're going to make Belmont play in the night window and not the afternoon whatever. There are there are the small school there are already at enough disadvantages now they got to
0: run into this. We don't even have a line for this GP do we, so how are we going to handle this game? Um let me see if Ken Palm has updated a projected score for that game yet um he has okay shouts to Kim Pomeroy he has a projected score of Maryland 76 Belmont 72 so let's make the number Maryland minus four over Belmont I know what you're doing
1: <laughs> you know what I was I so we had to fill out our bracket and I had Belmont in the first iteration of course naturally and then at about five o'clock today I was like you know what I think I'm going to change to Maryland no matter what. (laughs) And then I fell back into that Rick Bird spell, as one often does. I am going to stick with Belmont straight up. Obviously, that means they cover. And, yes, whenever the line does come out, Maryland is a lock to be a favorite. It's just a matter of if it's it's a little as two or maybe as many as five.
0: I'm going to go Maryland. As much as I enjoyed watching Belmont win that game on Tuesday night, I'm going to go Maryland because I've been high on this team really since – Higher than most for most of this season. I like the fact that they've got um, an experienced lead guard. I love the front court. It's an NBA front court, headlined by uh, Bruno Fernando, and that's a tough turnaround for Belmont. Like I don't know if you saw the post game uh, interview with Rick Bird, but uh, Dana Jacobson was there, and she asked him, you know, what do you know about Maryland? And he said, you know, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm go back to the hotel and start downloading some some games, and and I'll dive in. But they got to do that in addition to, you know, travel to Jacksonville. And as you put it, as you pointed out, they've got to play an afternoon game. I, I do think that that's something seems so easily uh, solvable to just say, if you play on Tuesday night, we're not going to make you play again till Thursday night. And if you play on Wednesday night, we're not going to make you play again till Friday night. And I know it's only buying a few hours, but like those few hours matter. And so I I think quick turnaround, plus Maryland's talented, and I think Maryland's just better. I'll feel comfortable laying the four points. I'll take Maryland to win, and Maryland minus four. The next game to tip off on Thursday, it's 4 p.m. Eastern. Kansas, fourth seed in the Midwest against Northeastern, 13 seed in the Midwest. This game's on TNT. Kansas, minus six and a half. Where are you leaning here?
1: I'd like to side with uh, hashtag CAA Luca, but I can't do that GPI I will take Kansas minus six and a half. In fact, uh, the closer we get to this game, the more I think that Kansas is going to win this in a route. I'd love to be wrong because I'd love uh, hashtag CAA Luca to go off there. Uh, we are, of course, talking about Vasha Pushika, but Northeastern doesn't have a win against any team in the field. It's one of uh, a number of teams that's true of, but I will ride KU.
0: Man, man, man. Cannot believe you bet against my Serbian prince.
1: <laughs> I'm taking it. You're taking CAA Luca.
0: CAA Luca, Northeastern plus the six and a half. Northeastern. Str-ria! I got them winning the game. They're only 6.5-point underdogs. It's not crazy. They shoot. I've said this before, but understand what I'm telling you. They shoot 46% of their field goal attempts from beyond the arc. They make 39% of them. If you tell me they're going to take 50% of their uh, field goal attempts from beyond the arc and make 46% of them, that's a Northeastern victory. That's a recipe for CAA Luca to go wild on the Kansas Jayhawks. He had seven three-pointers last time I saw him play. What if he does that again to the Jayhawks? There ain't no LeGerald Vic out there to slow him down.
1: I, I'm interested in this game. I think it has the potential. Maybe I'm way off, but I feel like this is just going to be one of those afternoon late tips. You look up, and Kansas is up by like 23 with seven minutes to go. You're like, okay, I don't need to bother with this.
0: Kansas is not going to be up by 23 with seven minutes to go. Vasha Pashic is going to be the star of the NCAA tournament on Thursday afternoon.
1: Okay, fair enough. What's next?
0: The star
1: of sports. If you want to talk about the star of Thursday afternoon, the next game is actually where this applies.
0: 4.30 p.m. Eastern. It's a TBS game. It is uh, in the West region, 5th seeded Marquette, 12th seeded Murray State. That, of course, is Marcus Howard, who is averaging 25 points per game against John Morant who is averaging 25 points per game. Marquette, minus three and a half.
1: Murray State, straight up. They're super trendy to the point where I'm convinced they're not going to win now, but I'm going to ride with them still. I am thrilled that I think, Parish, and if you disagree, feel free to lob out your candidate, but to me, this is the most enticing game of the first round. I get to see it in person in Hartford, 430 tip which also means it's the last tip i believe of that window and so this is going to be the game that extends into the dinner hour before you get prepped for uh for the night stuff there so if this game winds up being close late the entire country will be watching this because all the other games prior will have have finished and the ones that are coming later will not have started
0: yet is caa luca playing in this game no then it's not the most enticing game okay I don't think. Let's agree. But go ahead. You know, we talked to Marcus Howard. We had Marcus Howard on CBS Sports Network yesterday, and we talked to him about, you know, playing John Morant, and he went right into it's not John Morant against Marcus Howard, it's Murray State against Marquette. But clearly, he's motivated by the opponent. I mean, he is for the, like, how many times has Marcus Howard this year spent somebody, uh, how much time has he spent playing against somebody who's. uh, with all due respect, probably better than him. Certainly a better NBA prospect than him. So you, you've got to be motivated and fired up for that. And he acknowledged that he is um, he's excited about the matchup and looking forward to it. Marquette stumbled into this NCAA tournament, man. They lost four games to close the regular season, went from being in great shape to win their first outright Big East title ever to not even winning a share of the Big East title. And then they Beat St. John's in the Big East tournament, but then lose to Seton Hall. So, this Marquette team is one in five in its past six games. I'm with you. I know everybody on the planet's picking Murray State, but it's not just because people want to see John Morant go off and stick around. It's because Marquette hasn't been playing well. Uh, I'm going to take, uh, I'll take Murray State plus the three and a half as well. Um, I got Murray State winning. I got Murray State covering uh, that three and a half points. Um, the next game to tip off, and now we're into the night games, 6.50 p.m. Eastern. It's on TNT. It's in the West Regional. It's 7-seeded uh, Nevada, 10-seeded Florida. Also, being, it's uh, being played in Des Moines, Iowa at the Wells Fargo Arena. Nevada is minus 1.5. Uh, th-
1: there are two 7-10 games. This is the first of the two where there are so many people on one side of it that I now talk myself into thinking that it's going to go the opposite way. This is one of them. Uh, I know there are people out there that have picked Florida but I have not encountered these species yet and the fact that everyone is still on Nevada which has it's 29 and 4 like it's good but it's weird to say that a 29 and 4 team has not matched its potential and that is the case with the Wolfpack and yet I'm ignoring all of that. I'm riding the Wolfpack to win and to cover Florida defensively. Will try and uh, muck up this game. I just think they got. I think Nevada has the has the size and athleticism to deal with that. So I'm going to ride with the Wolfpack. Are you on that must bus too?
0: Yeah, I can't pick against Nevada here. Um, you know, Nevada is 29 and four, and I I agree with you. Like they they that they probably did not maximize their potential in the regular season, and some of that is because you know they lost their you know, their point guard in the preseason. Um, some of it is, I think they got bored. You know, I remember Billy Donovan talking about after they won a national championship, and I know this is apples and oranges, but they won that national championship, then everybody came back, and they understood the season for them didn't really start till the NCAA tournament. Like they came back to win another national title, and you couldn't do that in November. You couldn't do that in December, January, February, March. And if you go back and look at that season, Florida took some weird losses that season, but when the lights came on and it was tournament time, they flipped it and. Won another national championship. On an obviously lesser level, I feel like it's kind of the same thing with Nevada. You know, they went to the Sweet 16 last season. Everybody comes back, and they can't do what it is they came back to do until the NCAA tournament starts. Um, they can't, they, they, they're so much better than basically everybody in their league, the lone exception being Utah State, that I think they just got bored at times. And they still only lost four times. Like The team last season that everybody fell in love with lost way more um, in the regular season than this Nevada team lost in the regular season. I'm not going to pick them to lose to a Florida team that's already lost 15 times. I will say Kenny White, who is um, one of our uh, gambling experts at Sportsline, uh, he was on the show uh, HQ show with me earlier today. I think it was around noon. And he is picking Florida. Um, but – I just can't bring myself to pick a Nevada team that I've liked all season to lose to a Florida team that's lost 15 times. Uh, Jordan Caroline's health could maybe change my mind, but as of this moment, he is expected to play, and so I'm going to assume that he's going to play.
1: All right, good deal. I think that he will play as well. Uh, Next up, GP, is a game that has suddenly a little bit of intrigue to it.
0: Yeah, it does. It's uh, 7.10 p.m. Eastern. It's on CBS. That's America's most-watched network. Network of Stars. Kentucky and Abilene Christian, this is a game in the Midwest region. Kentucky's the two. Abilene Christian is the 15. UK is minus 22.5, but P.J. Washington is in a walking boot. And while I think Kentucky can get past Abilene Christian, um, no issue with or without P.J. Washington, uh, you don't want to have something less than 100% P.J. Washington. In that second-round game, that could be against your Waffle Terriers.
1: Oh, 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 oh. You're right. I do hope P.J. Washington is okay. Kentucky acknowledged uh, to Kyle Tucker of The Athletic and what I'm presuming is other local media on Tuesday, but I just saw Kyle Tucker pass along the news on Twitter, that... Um, uh, yes, PJ Washington's been in a boot. They will have evaluation and, and basically no more on Wednesday, and it's uh, precautionary the fact that he's in a boot. You do not want your best player and your leader in a boot two days before your NCAA tournament game. Uh, maybe he'll play, maybe he won't. Uh, Kentucky will beat Abilene Christian without him. I don't know what PJ Washington is worth in terms of points. In fact, that's something that uh, that Kenny White would be able to answer. I'm guessing this is a blind guess. I'm guessing it, Kentucky would go from 22.5 to maybe. 19-and-a-half or something like that. Uh, regardless, I will, take, I will take Abilene Christian to cover. It, it has a pretty stout 27-and-6 record for a 15 seed, um, so why not? I'll take Abilene Christian to cover, but I think Kentucky wins without too much of an issue. The bigger question is, will P.J. Washington, if he doesn't play on Thursday, be available Saturday, be it against Wofford or Seton Hall?
0: And if it's if, if it matters, if, if you can play without him and your trainers think that he'll be better for it um, in the round of 32 game on Saturday, i just sit him down. Like if you can't get past Abilene Christian without PJ Washington, just just quit. I mean Jesus, you're Kentucky for crying out loud. You should be. Able, you've got another <laughs> literally just fan the program. Yeah, like for for real in the program. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't beat Abilene Christian without PJ Washington, just just close up. Just,
1: Abilene Christian's been a D one program for like five years. I'm not even exaggerating. It's like four, five, six years. They've, they've they're barely eligible to even be in this thing. So you might have a point.
0: Yeah, like if you can't, that, that, in fact, those are the stakes, as far as I'm concerned. If you cannot beat Abilene Christian without PJ Washington, it's time to shut, This time to just be Kentucky, done Kentucky, uh,
1: breaking news from Parrish, Kentucky actually playing for its very existence and legitimacy <laughs> as a men's Division One program on Thursday.
0: Somebody alert John Calipari. Kentucky is playing for its existence. Um, if you, if you've had a listen, if you lose, you've had a good run. It was a hell of a run, really good basketball program for a long time. But that's it. You're not allowed to keep playing. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Next game is also going to be uh,
0: quite the mismatch. There. We do have a. Do we have? I think we have a line, right? Well, hold on. I got. I got Abilene Christian plus the 22. And oh, a half. okay. Kentucky should win. Okay. Um, should win easily. The next game is. It's a 7:20 p.m. Eastern tip. I got. Right? A, I got a
1: line in an email here, JP. I don't. Uh, do you not have that line? I think I got a line.
0: What? What are you talking? What game are you looking at?
1: Uh, are we not talking Gonzaga? Fairly Dickinson?
0: Are you forgetting about St. Mary's Villanova?
1: <laughs> you know what I am. <laughs>
0: what What do the reigning national champions have to do to get your attention?
1: Uh, I, I, almost I, as badly, I, botched as a trivia time. Okay, got,
0: I've got I've got the reigning national champions against a team that just beat Gonzaga, and you're just like just just speeding right past.
1: It. I just disbanded this game.
0: <laughs> you don't. No, you you must not have understood what I was saying. If Kentucky loses to Abilene Christian it has to shut its program down. That doesn't mean that we have to that St. Mary's and Villanova don't even get to play. I, I'm aware. I was just riffing on a theme there. What's the line in Nova St. Mary's? It is uh this game 7:20 p.m. Eastern Sun TBS. It is in the South Regional. It's Villanova, St. Mary's. Villanova's the 6th. St. Mary's is the 11. Villanova minus 4.5, you're reigning national champions minus 4.5. So let me break this down real quick
1: by the way. That means you said 7:20, right? p. So p FSU-Vermont game is a 2 o'clock tip. If things go well at 4.30, you're going to have Marquette-Murray State. Hope that neither of those games go to overtime. End that game, ideally, at 6.30. you got to empty the arena. The same people don't get to sit for the night cap as the afternoon one. you got to get anywhere from what 13 to 16000 people out as others are waiting to get in i don't even know how they're going to do that the xl center by the way that's that so just Keep an eye on that. That might that might get interesting, if, especially if one of those games goes to OT. So that's a 720-tip turnaround. I'm going to take Nova to win this and to cover. St. Mary's has the longest trip of any team in the NCAA tournament, flying out from Moraga, going all the way over to Bradley International Airport in Windsor Locks, Connecticut, before hopping on the bus to their hotel in Hartford. Villanova, by the way... This is a nugget. I can't really trivia time GP on it because I, uh, I spoiled the answer because it is Villanova. Villanova is 7-0 and in neutral court games this season. That is the best record of any team on a neutral court in the NCAA tournament field. And wouldn't you know it, that's what the NCAA tournament is played on. Nothing but neutrals. Although Nova, obviously given location, will have a nice home court advantage because they will have the largest fan contingent in the XL Center.
0: Also 0-1 against Penn.
1: Also true, yes.
0: Yeah, I, I, we've talked about this before. Like Villanova this season has lost to Furman, lost to Penn, lost to Saint John's, lost to Georgetown, lost to Xavier, lost to Seton Hall. If they've lost a lot of games against teams that are either comparable to Saint Mary's or worse than Saint Mary's, and so I'm taking Saint Mary's in the upset. I've got them to obviously cover the four point five, but I've got them to win the the game outright as well. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but in a in a in an attempt to try to pick up sets somewhere, um, I thought St. Mary's against a, a fundamentally flawed Villanova team um, is a decent place to to go. Now, now to your game, 7.27 p.m. Eastern. It's on True TV. It's in the West region. It's top seeded Gonzaga against number 16, the 16 seed uh, Fairleigh Dickinson, which advanced to this game by winning its first four game. On Tuesday night. This is going to happen in Salt Lake City. Uh, the Kinpom projected number is Gonzaga minus 25. So we'll just call it that Gonzaga minus 25.
1: All right, I got Gonzaga minus 26 and a half in my email box from one of our editors. So I don't know if that's a legitimate line that's already in or whatever. So I'm just letting you know on that. I'm taking Gonzaga, whether it's 25 or 26 and a half. It's probably regrettable. That's a big number, but I'm going to ride with that. And just a side note, I was. I, the last time Gonzaga played in Salt Lake City in the first round, I was in the building. That's when they got that scare, GP. Do you remember that? They played Southern, one sixteen Last time they were there, now they won. But Southern made it really interesting until about 90 seconds remained in the game. And then Gonzaga, two days later, got upset by Wichita State on, en route to Wichita State making the Final Four. But I'll ride with the Zags here to win, uh, win big by 30-plus. That's the number one offense in college Troops.
0: I'm with you. Um, Gonzaga, you remember, until it lost to St. Mary's, was basically beating everybody by 30. So I'm going to assume that they can get fairly Dickinson by 30 as well. I'll take Gonzaga to win and Gonzaga to cover the big number, whether 25, 26, 27, I don't care. I'll lay the points. 9.20 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, TNT West Regional in Des Moines. Uh, The two-seed is Michigan playing the 15-seed Montana.
1: Yeah, and Desmonet, how about this? You know what? This is a weird rematch from last year. I don't quite get why these teams had to be matched up against each other. I think we nitpicked on that on the podcast, but if we didn't, I definitely thought about it way too much in the ensuing 12 hours. I'm almost over it, but I just I think it's just annoying and redundant that the that we have the same matchup two years in a row. Last year it was Michigan three versus fourteen. Montana now it's a two fifteen. I got Michigan winning. I do have Montana covering. That's a really good team out of the big sky. And I think they will benefit from having played Michigan last season. I understand both rosters aren't the same, but give me uh, the Wolverines to win, but Montana just squeaking in just under that 15-and-a-half line.
0: Yeah, I've got Michigan to win the game and Michigan to cover, but you know, Michigan did not well, Michigan is a two seed, and that means that you've had a, a great year. But they went one, two, three, four, five, six, and one, two, three, six and four in the last ten games, Michigan did, with losses to Penn State um, and then three losses to, to Michigan State, including a home loss and a neutral court loss. So, uh, listen, John Beeline's terrific, and the, the team is still worthy of the seed that it got or at least in the conversation, I think I would have had them. I think I had them a three seed, and they were actually a two. I think I had Houston. I don't remember. Maybe I had Michigan at three. I don't know. They're in the neighborhood, whatever. The point is they've got a nice body of work but haven't been playing their best basketball um, as they entered this NCAA tournament. So um, I, I do have them. Um, winning this game, but if Montana were able to keep it close for some reason, that wouldn't that wouldn't shock me. Even if I am going to lay um, the fifteen and a half points, the next game we get to it's your Wofford Terriers, nine forty p.m. Eastern. It's on CBS, It's America's most watched network. Network of stars. First off, Seton Hall Wofford, you surprised this gets CBS treatment?
1: Uh, I'm not surprised because uh, because I think Wofford just it, it gained enough. Headlines, and there will be an intriguing aspect to this. You know, role reversal, a little psychology here. How will Wofford handle being the favorite and the higher-seeded team? Uh, It's riding a 20-game win streak, so not not terribly surprised. And frankly, refreshing. You already know where I'm going. Wofford to win. Wofford to cover. I'm not. I think Seton Hall has a chance to win the game, like real chance. If they win, they win. You know, is it is. The the ride was tremendous for uh, for the Terriers and Mike Young and Fletcher McGee. But I do think that Wofford will win and will show itself well. And we'll go, uh, we'll go 10 deep, by the way. Well, if you haven't seen Wofford play yet this season, they, they're the best three-point shooting team in the tournament, and they run guys out there uh, in deployments. And their second unit is almost as good as their first. So you'll see a lot of different players on the floor here, and I think that eventually is a winning strategy against Seton Hall, which isn't nearly as deep.
0: Um, I'll take Wofford as well. Um, it, it's a better story. Like, Seton Hall winning is big for Seton Hall fans. I don't think anybody else on the planet cares. But Wofford is a is a, a fun basketball team and a great story and yeah i'll take them to win and cover the two and a half that game's going to be in jacksonville again tipping at 9 40 p.m eastern so that's a late thursday night game nine fifty p.m eastern on thursday in the south regional and Hartford. this will be your final game of the day uh, Purdue's the three seed old dominion is the 14 seed purdue is a 13 point favorite
1: just don't go to overtime. I'm cool with Old Dominion winning. I'm cool with Purdue winning. I'm cool with a good story. Just <laughs> get me out of that building by 1 a.m., please. That's a late tip uh, in Hartford, which shuts down officially at like 7.59. So uh, keep that in mind, people that are going to this game and think that you might going to be able to hit anything up. No, you want to scoot over to West Hartford at that hour. I'm going to take Purdue to win uh, and Purdue to, to not cover. I think Old Dominion will keep it close enough that they uh, that they're within that. But like, if if the line was Purdue minus ten, I think I would take Purdue. But twelve and a half now, nah, I'll take ODU.
0: Yeah, I've got uh, Purdue winning the game, obviously, um, and I also got Purdue covering it. Purdue minus thirteen. Um, the, the Old Dominion story is is a, a really nice story uh, because of of Jeff Jones and everything that he has gone through. You know, I talked about it on CBS Sports Network the other night. When you are a fired Power 5 coach, you never know on that day, which is a pretty dark day, if you're ever going to get back to the NCAA tournament. And, you know, Jeff Jones has now gotten back in his post-Virginia career um, with two different schools – and he's done it one, two, now three different times. He took American to the 2008 NCAA tournament, American to the 2009 NCAA tournament, and now he's got Old Dominion in the NCAA tournament. Of course, he announced back in I think September or October, some point in the preseason, that he was battling cancer once again. There really hasn't been a publicly uh, a public update of his condition. But he was very emotional after winning that Conference USA Tournament auto bid in a victory over Western Kentucky. So the Old Dominion story, hard not to root for that, but I just think Purdue's the, the significantly better basketball team. Purdue to win, Purdue uh, minus 13. And then the last game on Thursday is going to tip at 9.57 p.m. Eastern in Salt Lake City. It's a West Regional game. It's an 8-9 game. Syracuse is the 8. Baylor is the 9. Syracuse minus 2.5.
1: I adore a great final tip of the day on a Thursday, particularly a Friday, that has a good potential of being close and that is compelling in its own ways. This this game fits that billing to me. Uh, two, different, two teams that run two different kinds of zones but will probably be relatively well prepared for that. Uh, Syracuse is big. It's long. Baylor is not big, and yet it's a much, much better rebounding team than Syracuse is. I have Syracuse winning and covering here, but I don't have high confidence. I will ride with Cuse because it just it has better it it has the better players, and Baylor is sliding like Syracuse is not lighting light in the world world on fire. But I believe I don't have my notes up here, GP. I think Baylor has dropped four straight games, so I will I will just I will take Jim Bayheim's team here, and in doing so, set up uh, what should be uh, a genuinely fascinating uh, second-round matchup between Gonzaga and Syracuse.
0: Yeah, Baylors lost four straight games. It started with a loss at Kansas State. Then they lost at home to Oklahoma State. That's bad. They lost at Kansas. What are you gonna do? Basically everybody does that. Then they lost a neutral court game, Big Twelve tournament to Iowa State by 17 points. So they limped into this thing. And I just think Syracuse is the more talented team, has been the better team this season. And when and, and it's it's playing better now or lately, even if, you know, like you point out, they they haven't been great either. But at least their losses. You know, the, you know, Syracuse is two and five, past seven games, but the losses are Duke, North Carolina, Virginia at Clemson, and Duke again. Um, you know, it's it's all. I mean, basically, it's all they lost to a bunch of one seeds and Cle- Clemson on the road. What are you going to do, right? Yep, pretty much. Think about that. Like in the in the final one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, final seven games. Before Selection Sunday, one, two, three, four of the seven were against one seats. (laughs) That seems not fair. I agree. (laughs) So, I'm not as concerned about Syracuse limping into this tournament as I am Baylor limping into this tournament. And if you tell me I only got to lay two and a half points, uh, I'll just lay the two and a half points. So, we are in agreement there. And that. That concludes Thursday's schedule and this podcast is taking way long. We got let's
1: pick of. up this pace. You know what? Slap the 4GP, let's rip it up. Let's let's pick up the pace here.
0: We're going to wake up on Friday and our first game is going to tip at 12:15 p.m. Eastern. It is going to it's a South Regional game. It's in Columbus, Ohio. It's on CBS. That's America's Most Watched Network, Network of Stars. Cincinnati's the 7th seed. Iowa is the ten seed. Cincinnati minus 3.5.
1: This is that other 7-10 game I alluded to. It seems like everyone is on Cincinnati, and Cincinnati's <laughs> coming off an American Athletic Conference Tournament championship. Iowa has been slipping in a major way. Iowa can shoot it, though. Now, they're, they're crazy inconsistent. They're maddeningly inconsistent. Uh, but they have good size down low. The game is close to Cincinnati. I'm taking... So I'm taking Cincinnati to win, but because I don't trust the momentum behind Cincinnati, I'm actually I'm going to take Iowa to cover the three and a half here.
0: Ooh, no way, man! I'm laying my points with Mick Cronin. and then Bearcats just went into FedEx form and ran Houston off the court. Now they only got to lay three and a half against the Iowa team that's one and five in its past six games. You're on the wrong side, sir. Okay. So, so you're taking Iowa plus the three and a half. Yes. I'm actually typing these into the computer so I can keep track of it. That way, if I win, I'll know. And if I lose, I can just delete it. No well, problem. you know what? Guess
1: what? There are literally thousands of people listening to this podcast, a couple of whom I'm guessing will keep track. So be sure to let GP know if he loses.
0: Hundreds of thousands of people. Okay. M- millions of people. How wild is it going to be if Kentucky has to shut its program down?
1: That's going to be very crazy. But you know what? We got to keep this thing moving here. So let's get to Oklahoma, old Miss. <laughs>
0: 12:40 p.m. Eastern on Friday. It's going to be in Columbia, South Carolina. Oklahoma's the nine seed. Ole Miss is the eight seed. It's on True TV, and Ole Miss is minus one.
1: Uh, I have the least feel of this of all the eight nine games. I'm taking Oklahoma blindly, and I'll take them to cover and win.
0: That is disrespectful to Kermit Davis. After all he's done this season. I,
1: I'm, I'm if, if that's your de- if that's your definition. I'm literally being disrespectful to half the teams on this.
0: You're being disrespectful to Kermit Davis. So his team was picked, asked in the really SEC. T- the they are safely in the NCAA tournament as an eight seed. He allowed his players in the state of Mississippi to take a knee during the national anthem and supported them. And then you're going to pick against him in the first round of the NCAA tournament? I'm
1: going to say Oklahoma wins an NCAA tournament game this year without Trey Young when it couldn't do it with him last season.
0: I'm taking Ole Miss to win the game, Ole Miss minus one. I have more respect for Kermit Davis than you do. 1.30 p.m. Eastern on Friday. It's a, a West Regional game in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's going to be on TNT. Texas Tech is the three seed. Northern Kentucky is the 14 seed. Texas Tech is minus 14.
1: This is going to be the blowout of this TV window. Texas Tech, I like them to cover easily. And I say that knowing that Northern Kentucky, Drew McDonald's quality big and step out and shoot. I think they're going to be shut down entirely. I don't think this has any drama. I think it's over basically by halftime.
0: Yeah, remember, like down the stretch, Texas Tech was beating people's brains in. Like they went through like a four or five game stretch where they were beating big 12 opponents by 25 points. If you can do that, you ought to be able to win a game like this by at least 14. I'm in agreement with you. I think, uh, uh, I don't think it's going to be close. I think Texas Tech wins easily. They win the game. Also cover the 14 at two o'clock Eastern hmm. on Friday in San Jose, California. We got a South Regional game between UC Irvine, the 13 seed, and Kansas State, the four seed. KSU is minus five. Norlander
1: Eater should win this on the, uh, purely because there are about 15 too many schools that have the Wildcat moniker. So annoying. One anteater, okay, so on creativity alone, UC Irvine deserves to win. This is the first 30. I heard Billis say this, so credit to Jay Billis. This is the first 30-win team out of the Big West since UNLV in 1991, Uh, and I think they're going to win. I had him winning before the news on Dean Wade came out. He is not expected to play. I I don't know if he has been actually 100% ruled out, but Bruce Weber updated Dean Wade's condition, and it is doubtful at best, so keep that in mind as well. But I had Irvine win straight up regardless. I will stick with that.
0: Ah, uh, you and I are on the same page. I've got Irvine winning the game straight up, so I've obviously got him covering the plus five. Um, What Bruce said about Dean Wade is that he's unlikely to play in the NCAA tournament. And so I interpret that to be, like, even if we made it to the Final Four, he's unlikely Yikes. to play. He definitely ain't playing this week. And so I would assume, I think you can safely assume – that Kansas State is going to be without Dean Wade, and they're just 5-3 and three this season without Dean Wade. He is their second-leading scorer. He's their leading rebounder. And UC Irvine does a lot of things well, but one of the things they do well is offensive rebound. Uh, they have an offensive rebounding percentage of 33.6. That ranks 31st in the country. So you take a good offensive rebounding team, uh, put them against a team that's going to be missing its best rebounder and one of its best players, a team in this uh, this Irvine team that's got 30 wins, 16 in a row, um, has got the number one two-point field goal percentage defense in the country. I've got UC Irvine winning the game. I've actually got UC Irvine in the Sweet 16 because I've got them beating Oregon in the round of 32. It's been fun in studio the past few nights because uh, one of our hosts, my buddy Brent Stover, is a Kansas State grad. And he's convinced I'm only uh, doing this to try to needle him a little bit. And it's really not rooted in that at all. But I have used it to needle him a little bit. If you guys have been watching our Inside College basketball shows or our Bracket Breakdown shows, um, me and Ross Dean on both sides of him are constantly talking about the, how the anteaters are going to eat. The anteaters are going to eat. Nothing you can do, Stove. The anteaters are going to eat. And I think I think the anteaters, UC Irvine, uh, beats Kansas State on a Friday Yes, I'm taking the uh, five points, but I don't think they're going to need them. I think they're going to win in advance in the NCAA tournament. And that'll just be how the the thing goes sometimes. Kansas State last year, not supposed to go very far, ends up in the Elite Eight. Kansas State this season as a four seed, I've got them being eliminated in the round of 64. After that, 2.45 p.m. Eastern. It's on CBS. This game is in Columbus, Ohio. It's a South regional game. Tennessee is the two seed Colgate is the 15 seed Tennessee minus 17 and a half
1: the most ruthless tweet of Selection Sunday was by David Gardner my friend who writes for Bleacher Report and covers college basketball did you see what he tweeted
0: yes I did I'll let you tell the audience
1: Tennessee versus Toothpaste historically a tough matchup that (laughs) is (laughs) brutal Brutal but funny, perhaps over-the-top and unnecessary and too stereotypical, but good God. <laughs> Colgate versus Tennessee. Uh, I'm going to take Tennessee to cover the cover here and cover easily. I think that Tennessee is going to respond well from Auburn uh, and that beat down there. I think that they're going to come out pissed off and win big time.
0: Yeah, when Tennessee got off to that great start this season, um, that really was terrific up until they got run off the court at Rupp Arena. Now, they ended up going 2-1 and one against Kentucky, but the first meeting did not go well. In that stretch between the start of the season and that first Kentucky game, they were beating teams like this by 20, 25, 30 points. So I'm going to lay the 17.5. I think they'll be refocused after uh, getting embarrassed a little bit by Auburn. I think they were just worn out like that so emotionally, and maybe physically, but emotionally spent after that back-and-forth war with Kentucky that they just weren't ready to go on Sunday. But they'll be ready to go by Friday. Tennessee, with a lot of Tennessee fans in Columbus, uh, yeah, I'll lay the 17.5 points uh, with the Vols, just like you. Next game, 3.10 p.m. Eastern on Friday. It is in the South Regional. It's in Columbia, South Carolina. Virginia is the one seed. Gardner Webb is the 16 seed. And I'm somewhat joking about Kentucky having to shut his program down if it can't beat Abilene Christian without PJ Washington. If Virginia loses to Gardner Webb, we really have to shut the program down.
1: I, I perish if that actually happened. Uh, I, oh, I, uh, I I <laughs> you'd have you'd have a seizure live on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I, I if that happened I, I don't have
0: the words. I no, cannot happen. Cannot. Uh, good God, if Dude, it You know what would be fun? Like I don't I don't. When I say these things like fun, I understand they come at the expense of somebody. So I wouldn't want you know I wouldn't wish this on Tony Bennett. But like Gardner Webb up seven at halftime would be amazing.
1: Completely capturing the nation's attention, like. Uh, but I don't, I got, by the way, I got Virginia winning by 30. So I got him covering, winning easily. But if, if we are in that situation, again, like my brain is refusing to work on me, trying to picture the reaction, the memes, forget about it. Like melt down the internet, disband the program, uh, completely. Uh, but I don't see that happening. I got them romping.
0: I've got them rolling. Um, as well. Like I said on the last podcast, I believe like this is one of those where I think they're going to be up like. 22 to 6 that I think they're going to take control early and 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 you know maybe win by 25 30 maybe even 35 they can't they no number 1 seed heading into a 116 matchup could have ever been more focused than this Virginia team is going to be because they are literally the only people on the planet who have ever experienced what they experienced last season and it's it's largely the same guys Like, nobody else on the planet knows what it's like, knows how it feels to actually be a 1 seed that loses to a 16 seed. And so I do think, historically, you could maybe, uh, you know, take those games lightly because nobody had ever lost one. But when somebody has lost one and it's you, I just don't know how they don't come out just completely on fire in this game. And, yeah, like if they jump up 24-6, something like that, uh, wouldn't surprise me at all. I'll take Virginia to win the game and Virginia to cover the number. Um, the next game is four p.m. Eastern. It's Buffalo against a to be determined opponent, as either St. John's or Arizona State. So we don't know who's playing yet. We'll just stay away from that. But I think I'm going to pick Buffalo to beat whichever team it plays. I don't care work, what
1: the number is. I'm taking Buffalo. I, I think right. Buffalo is better than the sixth seed. Awesome team. They move it really. good. They get up and down the floor. They pl- they play well. Now I understand if it's Arizona State, Bob Hurley is going to know what he's going up against because he's going to have recruited some of those players, a couple of them still, and knows a lot of what Nate Oates runs. But I'm still taking Buffalo no matter the number.
0: I would take Buffalo as well. You know, whatever the number is, just I'm going to lay the points with Buffalo. 4:30 p.m. Eastern on Friday. It's a South Regional game on TBS in San Jose. Wisconsin is the five seed. Oregon is the 12 seed, and yet. Wisconsin at this moment is only a one-and-a-half-point favorite.
1: Okay, so this line has been ping-ponging because Wisconsin yep. opened, and I definitely did HQ, which I hope everyone's been watching. We still got plenty more HQ. Be sure to check that out. Log your brackets on com. bracket games on the CBS Sports app. You get our insights there as well, and uh, it's super easy to use. I really do highly endorse that. Um, but I saw Oregon was favored When I did HQ, I think Monday. So maybe it's bounced back to Wisconsin. That's pretty interesting. I have Wisconsin winning. I have Wisconsin covering. I'm not on the Oregon hype train at all. I think Badgers win. It will be low scoring. I don't think they win this or cover this easily. I think it might be a a three or four point spread. But regardless, give me Bucky.
0: You know, Oregon is on a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight game winning streak. uh, That includes two wins over the Pac-12 champion Washington. You're not a believer in them? Not against
1: Wisconsin. Uh, I'm not a believer in them against Wisconsin. They're playing well. They're playing hot. But, no, not here. This is not a 12-over-5 that I think happens.
0: I've got Oregon winning the game, so I've got Oregon plus 1.5. But I don't feel strongly about it. But if you're going to take a 12-5, that seems like the most obvious one to jump on, depending on how you feel about Murray State Marquette. 6.50 p.m. Eastern on Friday. Got a game in the Midwest Regional. Utah State is the eight. Washington is the nine. This is in Columbus, Ohio, and Utah State from the Mountain West Conference, three-point favorite over the Pac-12 champs. Let's just stop there for a second. How how wild is it that the Mountain West, uh, a Mountain West team, is a three-point favorite over the outright Pac-12 champion? That probably doesn't happen too often.
1: Great point, GP. And not only that, but uh, but seated higher. I mean, those things can go hand in hand. Uh, I I think Utah State is the best. Eight seed out there, and I think Washington is the best nine seed out there. So while I have a lot of intrigue in Syracuse uh, Baylor, I'm actually most looking forward to this game. I think that Utah State will win. I think it will cover um Matisse Thibel of Washington is the best player on the floor. Uh, Sam Merrill is no slouch. I mean, he was Mountain West Player of the Year, and he's a good player. But I think, I think Washington is the best player. But I will still ride with Utah State to win. Um, I think this has highly entertaining potential. And I'll, I'm taking him to cover. When these picks go up on CBSports.com as well, I'll have Utah State to cover. But uh, I, this is among my lowest. You know, if we have, what, 32 games we're getting to here. This would be in the 28 to 32 range in terms of confidence level of my, uh, of my cover pick.
0: Yeah, I think it's a basically a coin flip situation, and that's why I'm going to take um, the points. You know, if, if you, you know, I, I, this game to me, these are two very comparable teams. So I'll just take Washington plus three. Hell, I'll just take Washington to win the game. Um, get Mike Hopkins get his first NCAA tournament win as a head coach. So yeah, Washington plus the three. Washington to win the game. The next game on the schedule, 7-10 p.m. Eastern, it's Duke against either NC Central or North Dakota State. We don't know yet because those two teams play on Wednesday night, so obviously we're picking Duke to win. Mm-hmm. Who cares about the number? We'll just right. take that over here and go straight to a seven twenty p.m. Eastern game in the Midwest Regional. Um, it's on TBS. It's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Houston's the 3C. Georgia State is the 14C.
1: Hey, how about a shout-out to Kyle Boone, by the way, because he will be at the Tulsa Games. So he will be there covering for us as well, so he'll be on hand for this in addition to all the other games that are in Tulsa. Um, whereas my Washington-Utah State falls in the bottom four or five of least confidence Houston covering 12 and a half here. I would rank in my top five in confidence. I think they're going to come out and completely dominate this game. I think the number is not too big. I think they win by 16 or 17 points. Houston to win and cover with some ease.
0: Yeah, that's what I've got, especially after the way they performed in that American Athletic Conference tournament title game against Cincinnati. like Houston had been um, one of the toughest and stingiest teams in America. Like Every time you talked to Kelvin or heard Kelvin talk – about his team he'd talk about toughness he'd talk about fight and um, they weren't the toughest team on the court this past weekend and I, I bet you they had really good practices leading into this thing i think they handled georgia state pretty easily i've got them covering the number as well houston wins houston covers Seven twenty-seven p.m eastern on friday in san jose california it's an east regional game mississippi state's the five seed liberty is the 12 seed and it does feel like, even though Mississippi State's a six and a half point favorite, a lot of people are leaning toward Liberty here.
1: Yeah, this is the one game where, when we filed our bracket, I had Liberty. I'm flipped. I'm going Mississippi State. Uh, I've I've switched my pick there. So I'll have Mississippi State to win, Liberty to cover. I will still take the number there. Um, this is uh, GP. This feels like the you're right in that Liberty's got some momentum. But this feel maybe it's because Mississippi State. I mentioned this on the previous podcast. Like they're just relatively anonymous. Um, Like this is just a five twelve that has no buzz around it whatsoever. So watch this wind up being the best one. We'll wait and see. Just as a note, by the way. Three of the four 12s come from traditional mid-major leagues, so just keep an eye on that. I don't know if that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing, but between New Mexico State, Murray State, and now Liberty, uh, only Oregon is, the, uh, is a 12 from a power conference, so I will uh, I will take Ben Howland, got the team in the tournament for the first time in, in 10 years, and I guess this means, GP, I'm not trying to give you work, don't look it up, but I, I the last time Howland won a tournament game would have been like, what, 2013, 14? It would have
0: last year at UCLA which would have been 2013. Yeah, okay. No, he didn't win a game that year. That's, That's when Jordan Adams broke his foot. You're right. 2012? And they lost to Minnesota, so it would be no, 2012 didn't go to the NCAA tournament. Oh, boy. Let me look this then it's got to be 2011, right? 2011 beat Michigan State in um, the first round lost to Florida there we go in the second round so the last time Ben Howland won an NCAA tournament game this would have been a hell of a trivia time it was may <laughs> it was March 17th 2011.
1: officially more than eight years removed we agree he's gonna get it
0: I think so Mississippi State you you got it pegged exactly right they're, they're just an anonymous basketball team. You know, because when people talked about the SEC this year, it was all Kentucky, Tennessee, then it became LSU for a little while. I guess recently it was Auburn. Mississippi State was never a part of those conversations, but this is also true. Mississippi State didn't spend a single day this season ranked outside of the top 30 at Ken Palm. Not one. They dropped out of the AP poll, um, but they were in the top 30 at Ken Palm. Every day of this season, and they got to as high as nineteenth at one point. So they were, they were between nineteen and thirty. 19, no, but like it's even better than that. Twenty nine. They were between nineteen and twenty nine at Ken all season. Like they just, they, so they never, they never like jumped in the top ten, but they never fell out of the top thirty. And that's sort of the way you just operate off of the radar. You're never part of the elite that people are talking about, but you're never bad, yeah. so we're wondering why you're disappointing either. They were just, you know, good, just good all season, but I think good enough to get past Liberty. I've got Mississippi State winning the game, and Mississippi State also covering the 6.5. 9.20 p.m. Eastern on Friday, game in the Midwest Regional. It's on TNT. It's in Columbus, Ohio. North Carolina's the one seed. That's Leaky Black's team. Iona is the 16 seed. I've got North Carolina winning the game easily. I've got North Carolina covering the 23 and a half.
1: I do as well and so does Mike Francesa.
0: <laughs> I don't I don't know that what happened.
1: Oh, Tim Cluess, Iona coach, went on Mike Francesa's radio show, and Francesa was basically like, he, in so many words, he said, you're going to be out of the tournament two days, you got no shot against UNC, which might be true, but when you're when you're, host, when you're hosting you a radio show mind? and you bring the coach on, like, oh, he just doesn't give an F. So, yeah, anyway, Tim Cluess went on Francesa's show, and, and Francesa was basically, who has obviously never seen Iona play this season, I can only imagine that uh, that clip got circulated just a little bit there. So,
0: yeah. Okay, so 9.40 p.m. Eastern um, in the East Regional. Uh, VCU's the eight seed. UCF is the nine seed. US- UCF is a one-point favorite. This game will be played uh, on CBS as America's most-watched network, Network Stars.
1: I will ride Taco Fall, BJ Taylor, Aubrey Dawkins uh, in this one. They have three of the four best players on the floor. And, yeah, first tournament appearance for UCF since 05. Why not? And in doing so, if that does happen... Um, something you'll hear about in the build-up to Sunday is that uh, Mike Krzyzewski will be going up against Johnny Dawkins, who was not just a former player of Mike Krzyzewski's, but all this talk about this Duke freshman class. Johnny Dawkins was a member of the first studly Duke freshman. He was the first Zion R.J. class, all those guys. He was the first one back in the 80s that really brought Duke to the forefront and uh, started a a huge run for Duke making Final Fours uh, in the mid-80s until the early 90s. So that will be a storyline you'll hear about if Duke and UCF both win.
0: Do we know yet about Marcus Evans? I'm yeah, no, he's
1: good. He's good. Um, he's good? Okay. Yeah, Mike Rose texted me before the selection show uh, saying that uh, all things came back negative. He's like, he's healthy. He's going to be good to play, which was, is significant because Marcus Evans, who plays point guard for VCU, he is their best player.
0: Yeah, I'm still going to take Central Florida uh, to win the game. Obviously, I'll lay the point. Um, and also, if we get Duke UCF. It's not just Kay against Dawkins, but athletic director, father, son matchup. I mentioned this on the last podcast. Kevin White is the Duke athletic director. His son, uh, Danny White, is the Central Florida athletic director. 9.50 p.m. Eastern um, in Tulsa. It's a game in the Midwest Regional. Iowa State's the sixth seed. Ohio State is the eleven seed. Iowa State coming off a Big 12 tournament title. Ohio State, much like many other teams in this tournament, uh, sort of limping into the field of 68.
1: I'll be I will be surprised if Ohio State is in this game with two minutes to go. And I say that knowing full well Iowa State has been uh, it has been up and down and up and down and now it's up. I think Iowa State is going to win this game running away with it. I like it by double digits there. Chris Holtman's a great coach. So if it happens, another just another piece of evidence showing how good of a coach he is because you put these two teams. Like, Iowa State has five of the best six players on the floor. I think I said that on the last podcast. If not, I guarantee you I said it on CBS Sports HQ. And so they should win. They should cover this line. I will ride with the Cyclones. You with me?
0: Yes, I think Iowa State wins the game. But I've actually got Ohio State. I just feel like Holtman will figure out. Because I don't trust Iowa State. Because they've been all over the place, all season. You know, and listen, they were banged up early and suspended and all sorts of stuff. But they lost to an Arizona team that couldn't uh, sniff the NCAA tournament. And then it's just like they go on this little stretch where they had beaten Texas Tech, one at Ole Miss, uh, beaten Texas, one at Oklahoma. And then it's home loss to TCU, home loss to Baylor, loss at TCU. Then they come back, beat Oklahoma, and then it was lost at Texas, lost at West Virginia, lost at home to Texas Tech, and you're like, man, this team just can't figure it out. Nine and nine in the Big Twelve, and then they go beat Baylor, Kansas State, Kansas on consecutive days to win the Big Twelve tournament. I just, I don't trust them. I don't know who's going to show up, and I, I do trust Chris Holtman to be able to figure out a way to keep this thing close. I'll take Iowa State to win the game, Ohio State plus five and a half. So that's another game where on the spread, you and I are different. And then the final game, and thank God the final game. (laughs) Holy crap, this took way longer than I thought it was going to take. Yes, it did. Why did this take so long? Because we spent time discussing Kentucky having to end its program if it loses to Abilene Christian. And
1: we had to get the Bird Love Fest in at the top. Had to do it.
0: My God. Uh, 9.57 p.m. Eastern on Friday night. It's going to be on True TV in San Jose, California. It's an East Regional game. Virginia Tech's the fourth seed. St. Louis is the 13th seed. It's Buds-Williams against Travis Ford?
1: Yeah, I would put my Texas Tech pick to cover, my Houston pick to cover... And definitely Virginia Tech to cover among my most confidence. So I have VT covering here. St. Louis will want to make this game physical and and definitely bring down the pace. I I get that, but I think Virginia Tech is going to roll here big time. So give me that. uh, Give me them to win. And um, I know that this has taken a long time, but I guarantee you that our listeners who are just aching for some more podcast goodness as they wait for thursday and what's the tournament starting in earnest so uh, you guys are welcome we gave you about 35 more minutes than we really thought we were going
0: to <laughs> you're supposed let me, to let me, you're supposed to tell say thank you for listening not t- not tell listeners no. that they're welcome we no, did you're this. you are you are no no no
1: for this <laughs> this is longer than our selection sunday podcast you are absolutely welcome we were thinking there's gonna be like 35 minutes we're doubling that you're welcome
0: I always I always end the podcast by telling people how appreciative I am. And you're telling people how appreciative they should be of us. For this one?
1: It's yeah. <laughs> and we are we have cruised past 1 a.m. uh without
0: a doubt. Yeah. Uh I've got Virginia Tech winning the game and covering. Remember, St. Louis, and like they won four games in the A-10 tournament. Congrats. That's how you get to the NCAA tournament. They went 10 and 8 in a very what's the nicest way to put it? Okay atlantic 10 so i don't think a 10 and 8 in a 10 and 8 team from a okay atlantic 10 is going to be able to play with virginia tech particularly when virginia tech is getting justin robinson back um so like norlander said everybody you're welcome we did this
1: we did it we'll be back for another (laughs) late night podcast after the first round wraps friday night You will have it waiting for you. West Coasters, if you want to get in on that action before you go to bed, you're welcome to. It'll be up. And then for those uh, in other time zones, when you wake up on Saturday, before we get rolling with the second round, we'll have a podcast ready for you talking about whatever is worth talking about there in terms of what happened Thursday and Friday, and then potentially setting up matchups. I guarantee you we will not be picking games against the spread because we cannot do an hour-and-a-half podcast.
0: And do not ever forget when you're leaving comments over on Apple Podcasts I'm the person who is appreciative of you listening to this podcast. Norlander is the person who thinks you should be appreciative that we even do the podcast. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry M. F. and Teagle. He's the legend. Shouts to Larnell. Please go subscribe to the Iron College Basketball Podcast via Apple Podcasts if you haven't done it already. If you have, like Norlander said, we're going to record another episode late Friday night, so it'll go straight to your phone late Friday night, or you can wake up to it. On Saturday morning. Either way, enjoy the start, or I guess the continuance, of the NCAA tournament the Thursday and the Friday. We'll talk to you again real soon. Till then, take care.